Welcome to the Trades Podcast, a podcast about the business of home improvement and promoting the trades to young adults. In this podcast, we talk with business owners, educators, and professionals about the benefits, skills, and related experiences of the home improvement business. Tips to help you with being successful from entry into the trades or established business owners. In this podcast, we hope to influence some young adults that the trades, as a career, is a great option leading to full and prosperous life. I'm Danny Torres, an MC, DJ, and podcaster, inspiring young adults by shining light onto career opportunities in our world today. And I'm Jeff Mudd, home improvement contractor, writer of the Millionaire Carpenter series, and podcaster. Stay tuned to 15 to 20 minutes of insightful tips. Welcome here, ladies and gentlemen. We are here, thetradespodcast.com, here in the beautiful uh, North San Diego Business Chamber um, room here. Welcome in, and we're here with Jeff Mudd. My name is DJ Danny, and we have... Cheryl Robertson. Cheryl, welcome in. So happy to have you here. Thank you. Yes, beautiful, beautiful day. And um, yeah, if you want to, uh, please go ahead and let everybody know who you are and uh, what business that you own. I'm a small business owner. I own Superior Floor and Cabinet Designs in Encinitas, where we are a full-service flooring store, so uh, carpet, hardwood, tile, um, laminates, that other stuff that people talk about that they think is really fabulous that I don't like to sell, which is luxury vinyl. Um, We sell cabinetry. We have a full-time kitchen bath designer on staff. Um, I also do hardware. And I think that's about it. Great. Well, I've been in Cheryl's showroom. She's got it set up very beautifully, and it flows really nice. So as a customer comes in, she she can walk them through the the process of what they need to look for and things that they're thinking about when they're getting ready to design a a room in their house or the the kitchen or whatever. So it's really nice. Thank you. you, take uh, Take your opportunity to tell the customers about it too, Cheryl. So... Um, yeah. When you have a customer come into your showroom, what, what's the typical customer up there uh, like? Um, typical customer, about 60% of the time is looking for an uh, engineered hardwood floor um, or just flooring and they're not sure what they want. So it's really important to talk to them, ask them about their family and their lifestyle, where they live, so we can help educate them about the different choices so that they can make the best choice for them and their family. Awesome. We're going to circle back to that because that's a really good point that I'm I'm going to bring up later in our conversation, Cheryl. So you probably don't go out and install the floors yourself. Do you you see any? No, I think it would really damage my turquoise nails. So no, I don't don't do it myself. I use licensed flooring subcontractors, all of which um, were already working with the business when I bought it in 2017. So on average, they've been working with the business for about 10 years. Um, I'm very picky about our subcontractors. I, I want this to be a turnkey service for my clients. Um, our labor, I pay my labor more than the average store pays the labor. I expect more from them because I want the best for my clients. And so that's always a conversation I have with my clients. I'm sure you can go somewhere and find it a little bit less but you're not going to find the same quality. I, I totally agree. Actually, yeah. I'm kind of off track. I'm doing a walkthrough on a piece of property a little bit later today, and I've already seen the kitchen flooring. Yeah. 
that luxury vinyl that you're right. talking about. Right. And right in the middle of the room, it's like they went right over a rock. You can just see it. Yeah. Uh, and it's, uh, I'm not losing sleep over it, but it's, I'm just so anxious to talk to the contractor. Like, what the heck is this crap? Right. You know, well, you get what you pay for sometimes. Yeah. yeah. What people don't understand, and we try to explain and educate them on, is just like even if you can relate it to something many people have done, which is paint a room. The most important part of the process is the preparation. 100% agree. You have to get that done right. You have to pay attention to detail. You can't cut corners on that because then you're not going to have a good result. And if, if, if you're going to spend good money on a wonderful product, it needs to be done right. And even if you're going to spend good money on a temporary product, it still needs to be done right if it's going to meet your expectations. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. In the painting industry, yeah, prep is everything. Yeah, anybody can spray or roll over a wall, but did you prep it right? Will the paint stick? How long will it last? Yes. Right. So, and I, and like for a little background on me, like I, I worked at Home Depot for a good two years and I started in garden, then they moved me to the flooring, the flooring department. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from different, uh, uh, different things from blinds to, you know, other products that I was taking care of, but flooring was obviously the big, the big one. And, I remember this training aspect of it and of trying to explain it to customers and like, oh, you know, that want to do DIYs, do it it themselves. And uh, I explained to them, if you don't, the same thing that you were mentioning, if you don't prepare this correctly, it will warp, it will not settle right, it'll crack, it'll move, it'll constrict, it'll, there were so many things and then they said, okay, well, who do you think can do this for us? <laughs> As right. usually they're like, after they realize how much work it actually is and the preparation that kind of goes into it, they step back and says, okay, I think we could, we'd rather have someone else go, go ahead and do this. Yeah, absolutely. So Cheryl, when you're dealing with these established, reputable contractors, and I really appreciate that, um, are they busy right now? What's, Very busy. What's, what's, what's the average wait time? For? Um, six weeks. Six weeks. To Six weeks to get into their schedule, and usually that's a moving target because you know when the client first comes in and starts looking, once once we're pretty sure we're going to move forward, we start talking to our contractors about we have a thirty two hundred square foot um, hardwood installation coming up, so kind of keep that in mind as you're making your schedule. We're gonna you know they're they're aiming to have it done in two months or three months. So we're, we're kind of got it on the radar. If the deal falls through, if they choose to go with someone else, if they do, if they decide to put off the job, then we, you know, pull it out of the queue. But we try to work on that as we go. We try to keep our um, subcontractors aware of what's going on so that, y- you know, we can keep things, they don't, so that they don't get stuck with a, a, a couple of days without work. And we have to make our clients wait longer. You know, there's always problems with construction delays because flooring is the last thing or should be the last thing to go into your job. Um, and so if, if the painters get behind, if the cabinets get delayed, if the doors and windows get delayed, that pushes the whole job back. So we kind of keep that on the radar. We have a job that we sold in January that was supposed to be installed in March, and we're looking at maybe two more months now before it gets installed. 
because of all the other construction delays. Yeah, and the supply chain right now is yes. running way behind too. Yes. That's For, a the whole other problem that contractors and homeowners are dealing with. But you but you learn to deal with it. You learn to deal with it. You keep it on the radar. We get updates daily from our cabinet companies, you know, fine tuning what the lead times are. You know, six months ago they were six weeks. Right now they're fifteen weeks. Last week they were sixteen weeks. And they are good, dead on target. When they they give a ship date, that's when they ship. Unless they they um, came up short on an item on one of the internal parts of the cabinets, a you know a pullout or something like that, we will get notified three or four weeks ahead of when they're scheduled to be released. Hey, this is going to be delayed a week because we're waiting on this part and it's due in on this day. And smart people think about, okay, it's supposed to be in on August 30th. So in my mind, it's not going to be in until the second week of September. If something comes ahead, that's great. But you always um, overestimate. You always add some, some padding in there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Under promise, over deliver. Absolutely. Yeah. So when you're dealing with the contractors, are, are they feeling uh, any delays because of the labor shortage? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, our biggest uh, shortage is carpet installers. And people think that that's an, a job that's easy to train for. And some, some installations are relatively easy. You could be trained in six months or a year to be able to do some real simple basic carpet install. But if you're just installing carpet in simple apartments over and over and over again that does not train you to be a fine carpet installer you're using lightweight inexpensive materials that are put in very fast and the the finishing touches are not that important whereas if you're using a a heavy hand loomed wool that costs me a hundred dollars a square yard to the client obviously with installation and and a margin in there quite a bit more there's no room for error you know you're going to have to wait another six months for this to be re hand loomed so it's got to be done right the first time it's got to be planned out it's got to be thought out you have to think out when we go out and measure we have to think about the seam placement and what is going to end up in the best result for our client and a beautiful installation there's always a way to cut corners and do it faster and cheaper, but you're not going to get the same result. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the just laying the carpet down. Um, I've seen enough installs from apartments to commercial to some nice houses. There's a huge amount of uh, variance that goes into that in different skill levels. Um, yeah. Whether you can tuck it underneath the door jams and, you know, like Cheryl was saying, the seams and stuff. So. Yeah. And, and working with different car- carpets, some of them have uh, a stiff back on them. So when you're installing that, because the last thing you do in the house is carpet. So when you're installing that in freshly painted rooms, you have to be very careful so that you don't, there might be a little bit of touch on paint, that's kind of expected, but you don't want to scrape the entire baseboard. You want to do your best to avoid those problems. Yeah, a good solid carpet will actually take the uh, uh, texture off the wall I've seen. Absolutely, absolutely. And your carpet guy's gotta fix all that too. Yeah, and what I think the highlight of my day is when a client calls in and said, the guys came in and installed my 
you know, 200 square yards of carpet over the past two days. And I have never seen people work that hard in my life. They were so kind. They were so hardworking. They were just wonderful people. I can't believe how hard they worked. Thank you so much for having them come to my home. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a good, good thing to see quality contractors. Yeah. Uh, we were talking also earlier, Cheryl, about uh, training. Yes. I haven't found any trade schools that specialize in the, at least the carpet area. A little bit that'll touch in flooring. Have you heard of anything? What's the training no. process for? The training process is uh, a licensed install installer will take on a helper and, you know, in the beginning, they'll just help move the furniture out of the way and help carry the carpet into the house, help t tear out the old material loaded in the truck. Um, they'll start out by laying the pad and then helping to you know lay out the rolls, but it's, it's the contractor who's doing the seams. It's the contractor that's doing the cuts. It's the contractor who is um, doing the stairs. And you, if you have curved pie-shaped pie stairs, every single stair is cut individually, one at a time, mm -hmm. as you go. That takes a lot of time. Absolutely. And yeah. skill. Yeah. And skill. And then if you have a pattern match on top of it, you've seen those pictures of beautiful staircases with a pattern, and the pattern is perfect on each and every stair, but every stair is a different shape and different size. That takes a lot of skill. Yes. yes. Yeah. So on-the-job training, and if you're lucky enough to – uh, be in that industry that you've got a really patient and uh, super experienced uh, contractor boss that you work for yes. that just loves to teach. So yes. yeah, and one of the yeah. one of the problems the contractor runs into is they bring someone on, they start working with them, they train them, and after about six months, some of them think that they know enough. They know mm. enough to go do uh, excuse my language, wham bam, thank you ma'am, apartment install. So they think they're fully trained and they go off on their own and they go to work for a shop or a, a, a big retailer and they're done. So here this contractor has invested all this time in, in training this person to bring them up and help work in the business so that they can do more work. And they leave the person who has trained them. And, you know, for the first six months to a year, a new person really doesn't earn their wages. They're, they're there to help, but they don't give enough return to cover their wages. Mm. So just as they're going to start benefiting the person who's been training them, they leave. Yeah. That, that's a problem. Yeah, and that, that's a cycle in, in, in the industry. So yes. as an employer or a contractor, I know when I've um, hired new people, you know, we've talked about this ahead of time, and it's a, a crapshoot sometimes, you it know. Um, you get people come in and they think they know it all and they're going to go do side jobs and make more money than hourly. And, you know, a few years later, they're out looking for a job because it's a little harder than they, they realize. But that's kind yeah. of the way things yeah. go. And so yeah. the, you counteract that by being a, uh, a good company to work for. So, so you have benefits, a career path. Yeah, you know, culture behind it. Culture behind it. You know, right. you try to do more quality jobs. Mm -hmm. you, you know, how many people that just want to do a, a apartment uh, uh, installs that doesn't really pay a lot for the contractor or the employees, right. So, right. and you right. don't learn that much. So, yeah. you know, pick, but, pick but if we had a training program, if we had a formal apprenticeship program, 
where there was a structure to it, you know, where the, these are the goals we want you to, the goals of what we want you to learn by this much time, that we, that we want to hit the goals of teaching you these skills. And then once you hit certain benchmarks, then your wages increase and to the point where you're a master craftsman. Mm -hmm. you know like they do in other parts of the world i hear cheryl asking me if she wants me to start a trade school with her for carpet <laughs> installs <laughs> <laughs> but it but it needs to be done what what i think is lost on some people is back in the day before we started telling all young people that the only path to success was to go to college is that there that that learning a trade and working in a trade was a highly respected um, employment path that working as a tradesperson was the path to the middle class and it isn't anymore it's we we have lost the appreciation for tradespeople and appreciation to pay them well mm -hmm. and to pay them what they're worth and so the attraction to go into trades has dropped I believe absolutely how many high school graduations have you heard where the uh, students are graduating and going in to be a carpenter or to a trade yeah. school even yeah. and they get uh, the accolades from the, the staff and everybody now it's all about which college you're going to go to and get right. a degree in something that three years later you hate right well you know how many uh, people with graphic design degrees either a bachelor's or a master's are a barista at a coffee shop a lot I know that's for sure. But yes. they do write your name very nice on the coffee cup. They do, and they're thinking every day about those student loans they have to pay back on minimum wage. Now let's let's not drop, in, not, <laughs> not not lower the respect on the ones that pour us our coffee and get us going. Oh, in the I morning. think they're <laughs> absolutely amazing. But I no, think and, it, yes. that as a group, if their eyes had been open to all the different opportunities that were out there for them, absolutely. and that we as a society valued those opportunities, mm -hmm. it would be a different conversation. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely, hundred percent agree, Cheryl. Yeah is talking exactly what we are promoting here at the yeah. Trades Podcast. Right. Um, got a question for you in your uh, uh, superior cabinets and flooring and cabinets, Sarah. Uh, do you have any openings? Are you hiring anybody right now? I am looking for a couple of things. I do, need, I do know that my subcontractors need more people for installation. I don't directly do installation. I am licensed, but I don't have... Um, I don't have like project managers or or people to to train and supervise my own installers. So I do subcontract. But I know my subcontractors are looking for more labor. I am looking for more salespeople and I am looking for an operations manager. That's yeah. great. That's great. Yeah. So if a young adult wanted to come learn about uh, being a carpet installer or uh, cabinet installer, we haven't talked too much about that. Could they come talk to you about that? They could talk to me and I would refer them to people who are looking. Just to be clear, I don't install cabinets. I have a flooring license. So okay. I am I am legally able to install flooring. I am not I do not have the license to install cabinetry. Most of my clients that come to us for cabinetry have a general contractor and they purchase those cabinetry materials from us and their general contractor installs. Um, other times people come to us looking for the cabinetry and they don't yet have a general contractor and I have a list of general contractors I work with all the time that I know are good people that do a good job that are fair 
that I refer them several so they can interview and make their own selection. Yeah, they've uh, worked with you in the past, so you've, they've proven yes. themselves, vetted themselves. Yeah, yeah absolutely. it's a great, great referral source for you. Because you had mentioned that you do have the subcontractors that have been with uh, Superior uh, Floor and Cabinet for designs for about 10 years? Yeah. Yeah, about 10 years. Um, and uh, for your, sh- your, your showroom and your uh, estimators that come out to the jobs, um, how long have they, do you, how many employees do you have in that area? Right now, just one. Okay. Um, we lost somebody recently who moved on to another position. Finding somebody who's really good at this position isn't easy. Right. Um, the gentleman I have working for me now was my best carpet installer when I bought the business. Okay. And I, what word do I want to use? I talked him into considering coming to work in the showroom. Right. Because at a certain point, you need to get up off your knees because you can't do that kind of physical labor forever. And um, very smart man, very caring man, very cares very deeply about the clients and that they get, you know, the, the best product and done the best way and a lovely installation, um, attention to detail and um, paying attention. That's yeah. really and how long had he been uh, installing before that? Before um, he moved into between twenty-five the... and thirty years. Wow! Wow! That's so cool. the first time I went out and visited a job site that he was installing carpet for me, it was a heavy carpet. It's called Fabrica. Mm-hmm. It's a brand. It's a high-end brand that's really heavy and um, dense. And he was installing the upstairs hallway to the master bedroom, and I got to the top of the stairs, and the hallway was about thirty feet long. And then the depth of the master bedroom was another 20 feet long. And he did that hallway into the master bedroom in a drop, meaning it was one length of carpet. There was no seam in that length. Now, there was going to be a seam in the width of the master bedroom because the master bedroom was wider than the width of the carpet. Mm-hmm. But if you think 50 feet long in one piece of carpet, he was had finished cutting and was installing that section right then. That is not training. That is practice and yes. skills. Yes, yes. <laughs> I was blown away. I was blown away. Because when you're dealing with something like carpet, we haven't even gotten into hardwood yet, but when you're dealing with something like carpet, it's the weight of it, it's the seaming of it, it's the pattern match. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes the pattern is 36 inches by 24 inches, and so you have to adjust your cuts so that you can match that pattern in that seam and not even see that there's a seam. Right. That's skill. Absolutely. Yeah. So earlier in the show we talked about, I want to move forward to ask you something about sales. So um, you're a small boutique company that services a lot of North County yes. and some of the builders up there. And you just talked about your salesperson. What, what is your technique? What, I mean, I'm sure your guy from a carpet installer hasn't gone out and done a bunch of sales training. He, yeah. ha- he has a natural communication style. Yes. What, what's that like in your office, and how does that relate to uh, the customers you deal with? Well, for both of us, and my, my philosophy is um, – Everybody who walks into my store is an individual, and we want to see them as an individual, and we want to listen to their story. Tell me about your family. Tell me about your household. Where is your household located? Because area of the county makes a difference for Mm -hmm. what we might recommend for a flooring product. 
Um, so it's asking questions and getting to know our clients and then educate, educating them about the different products out there so, and so that they can make the best choice for themselves and their family. Let's say they live right on the beach, like right on the sand, and they want a wood floor. And they have young children and teenage children and very active and a lot going on, and they, but they want a wood floor. Well, how much time do you have to care for that? How careful do you want to be? Do you want to live your life? Oh, make sure you wipe the sand off your feet before you come in. <laughs> Maybe we should look at a porcelain tile floor that looks like wood plank because easy to care for, extremely durable it's just you know simple life we all want a simple life and so for them that might be the best product so it's talking to your clients so really it's not a sales process it's a communication and education yes. process yes and to educate you have to be uh, intuitive enough and patient enough to draw the information out of the client who already has a preconceived notion of what they want make them feel comfortable enough to communicate back with you absolutely very good point and that has a lot to do with you know having obviously the knowledge of the product the process um and uh, i mean being able to express like you know adjusting to their lifestyle of what you yourself can provide that's a big portion of the of the of the pitch in a way but you're also, I mean, you're creating a relationship between you Absolutely. and... Absolutely. You have to be authentic. Mm-hmm. You have to be very authentic. I use my own life experiences when I speak to clients. If I have older clients and um, they come in and they, and they have their heart set on a glossy porcelain tile floor that's going to be slippery, I'm going to do my best to talk them out of it. As beautiful as it might be, we need to think about safety concerns. I'm going to be 60 this year, so I feel very comfortably comfortable saying to anyone that I perceive as my age or older to say, when you get to our age, we have, need to think about safety. And even if we don't need to think about our safety today, we don't know how things are going to change in 10 years. Mm. So we need to we need to plan for that because these are not short-term purchases. These are long-term changes to our home. So mm. we need to think about the big picture. I really like the way Cheryl puts that authentic, dives into what the customer's true needs are that they haven't even recognized yet. Right. Yeah. Absolutely the, the, honest. The other thing I do a lot, which is kind of silly, but um, people come in and they want new wood floors in their home and they have staircase and they have a picture in their head of a grand staircase with wood floor on it. And I, I always try to encourage them to consider putting a low tight loop carpet on those stairs because it's a safety factor. And you can have a, a knockout design with carpet on your stairs that is safer for you and your family. So it's at least worth a consideration. It may not be the direction they go, but I want them to at least consider it, to think about it, and the, and why I'm bringing it up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, and like you said, it's being authentic, that's being real and uh, towards them and you know, and of course, safety is always a big thing, especially within the actual installation with your employees, but it goes farther than that with yes. the family. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Because, yeah. you know, real families are going to live in these homes. Mm-hmm. The, this changes their home forever. So we want them to be able to picture what those changes might be like. And because you imagine the beauty of what you're imagining in your head, but you also need to imagine the functionality. 
And because this is not something these clients do every day or maybe have ever done, it is our job, I believe, to paint the full picture for them so we can help them make the best decision for them. Absolutely wonderful information. Cheryl, tell us again, name of the company, how do anybody get a hold of you? Okay, uh, we're Superior Floor and Cabinet Designs. We're at 579 Westlake Street, Encinitas, 92024. The phone number is 760-436-0900. And we would be happy to work with anybody, or even if you just have questions, please call us. We'll do the best we can for you. Awesome. You have a website too? Yes. I'm not very proud of it. I need to edit it, but I do have a website. It's pretty. Um, Superiorfloors.com. So we all have our talents. Cheryl's is flooring and cabinetry and dealing with the customers. Mine's not the website either. Yeah. (laughs) So, well, what a pleasure. It was very, I mean, I've been a contractor in the industry for 25, 30 years, and I learned stuff today from Cheryl. I'm very appreciative of that. Thank you so much, Cheryl. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's our pleasure. We're looking forward to having you come back. Yeah. What do you think, Danny? You want to have her back? Absolutely. No, we got to go, go a little bit more in depth with all the hardwood flooring and, you know, the different yeah. processes. And I want to come back and talk about um, Burger Hardware, the other company I'm partial owner of. Great. Um, fam- family owned for five generations and started by a woman in 1912. So. That's right. That is going to be a Beautiful. very interesting story. Stay tuned to the tradespodcast.com for listening to Cheryl about Superior Floors, and soon we'll have her back for. Burger Hardware. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you. All right.